Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host, Mike. Today, I would like to discuss cult classics. What makes a cult classic? What qualifies a film to be labeled a cult classic? Maybe some examples. First, let's answer the let's answer the first question. What is a cult classic? A cult classic is a film that had a theatrical release but didn't have much in the way of traction with the general audience. It didn't have a popularity with the general movie-going audience at the time of its theatrical release. So you can't have a Star Wars, uh, any of the Star Wars films, really. You can't have an opening like theirs and their box office successes and be able to be called a cult classic a few years later. You would have to have a film that came out, was kind of obscure, but then uh, had a, a small number of people who've seen it, and almost by you know word of mouth got more people to watch and enjoy it, and now has a small and thriving fan community around it. Uh, one of the films that you could use as an example of this is a film called Legend. It stars a young Tom Cruise and a protagonist played, I'm sorry, not protagonist, an antagonist played by the great Tim Curry. It is a great film. It really is. It's a good film. It's a great sword and sorcery film. It came out, theatrical release. I do not, I don't know its numbers off the top of my head, but I don't recall much in the, I do recall some advertisement for it. But I don't recall seeing it at my local theater at the time of its release. It was in the, in the 80s, so it's been a long time. My memory's a little hazy. But I don't recall much about it. I remember it was, it was almost like a blip. It was talked about and then gone. And it was kind of, people were, a lot of critics at the time were kind of going, nah, it's a film, whatever. <laughs> But there were other bigger releases around the same time, so it stole a lot of that film's thunder. It, it tends to happen. Big release of a big-name blockbuster film comes out. You're not quite so big. You're not going to be... Your film's not going to be seen nearly as much. But it still had, you know, a small group of people, dedicated fans, who really liked the story, the visuals the acting, everything about it. And so they, by word of mouth, slowly spread. I watched it as a rental. It came from a the local uh, video store. I rented it. Well, I was a kid at the time. My mom rented it for me. <laughs> but uh, I got this chance to see it, and I really liked it. You know, it was a, a great film. I really liked the sword and sorcery aspect of things so it, it's a good film I would recommend seeing it but it does it does fall into cult classic status didn't have much of a big release at its theatrical release wasn't very big but it still has a small but dedicated fan base 
another film that was that also has a cult status for different reasons is Trolls 2. Trolls 2 came out to theatrical release and it bombed because it's a bad, bad movie. It's a really bad movie. Hilariously bad, which is why it has a fan base. People like to gather together and make fun of it. It's actually gained quite a rabid following of people who love to riff on this thing. And man, oh man, is it ever chock full of stuff to riff on. A lot of stuff. Everything about it is just hilarious. Hilariously bad. You, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough if you need a, a movie to riff on. An easy target. Everything that could possibly be said about that film has been said. So, <laughs> it's just too funny not to. But that is the kind of the standard for cult classics. You know, a really bad start with theatrical release. But a small but dedicated fan base that not only keeps the memory of it alive, but is able to slowly expand and get other people to watch it. Whether it's because it's a hidden gem. It's a great film, but not a lot of people got to see it. Or it's a terrible film, absolutely terrible, but found new ways to derive entertainment from it. These are the ingredients that help to make a cult classic. There are a number of classic films that could fall into the cult classic status. They didn't have good theatrical releases. And some became cult classics because of particular aspects. The Turkish Star Wars comes to mind as cult classic because it has so many blatant, plagiarized pieces of film stuffed in there that have nothing to do with the main story. It is a hilariously bad film, and that's why it has cult status. It's a great film to make fun of, and just to see the batshit craziness of how they were able to steal stuff from a bigger, better film and stuff it in there without really thinking about how it's supposed to all work together. Because it doesn't. <laughs> but that's the interesting thing about uh, cult classics. You can, you can actually go out and maybe even find a film that could be the next cult classic. You know, it may have a small fan base, and but it's a you know really good film or a really good film to make fun of. Uh, one film that I don't think that I think up because it got buried at the box office, and that was the film uh, White Buffalo. It stars stars Charles Bronson, and it got buried at the box office because it released around the same time as let me see let me think here I think it was. Uh, it came out around the same time as uh, Star Wars A New Hope. So episode episode four. And ooh, ooh, such bad timing. <laughs> such bad timing. Uh, it was critically received. It was kind of lukewarm critically. Uh, but because everyone was going 
to watch Star Wars and were just enamored with Star Wars, White Buffalo kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Is it a great film? No, it has moments of greatness. It also has slow moments, and it has uh, moments that you're kind of not really sure. It's kind of, it has moments where it's a, a little meh, followed by good moments. There's some great moments and a lots of meh moments. So it's, I would say it's about a average to just above average film. It's still a fun watch, don't get me wrong. It's still fun. But if you compare it to the juggernaut that is Star Wars, yeah, you can kind of see why it dropped off into oblivion. Does Is it a cult classic? Uh, it hasn't had that many people make a bit of a fan base for it. But I, I'm starting to see more people starting to, to watch it. Uh, so it may be within, you know, maybe a couple of years, it might be considered that cult classic to watch. Who knows? I'm not going to take any credit for it. Not that anyone give me any. But I still would like, I'd like to see more people see that thing. If for nothing else, the, the eponymous white buffalo within that film it is a thing to behold. That's all I'll say about it. Uh, but cult classics can come in all sorts of different film genres. You know, from romance to drama to uh, action, adventure to sci-fi. There's a number of cult classic films out there in all these genres. There's some cult classic horror films. Some of them because they're hidden gems, and some because they're, they have this stigma of being really bad, and in some cases, it's deserved. Very well deserved. If you're a fan of the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, you may or may not remember the episode they did on Manos, The Hands of Fate, one of, one of the worst films out there. It is a train wreck. And people watch it. It's become a cult classic. Why? Because it's so bad. It's It really is a painful experience to sit through. And I've seen it three times now. And it was painful every time I did it. I regret all of it. All of it. <laughs> uh, it, it softens the blow when you're watching it. When I watched it the first time, it was being riffed on by the Mystery Science guys. But... The next two times, I watched it as is, and oh man, I regretted it all. It was hard the first time. The second times were almost impossible. But it has a cult status because it became that, that the film, the film to really put it in there in Bad Movie Nights. Uh, I don't know if some of you guys have actually done Bad Movie Nights, but it's a great way to torture people. It really is. Because <laughs> I've seen... I've heard of people when they did bad movie nights, they would have, you know, some kind of run-of-the-mill bad movies that you can make fun of, you know, like Trolls 2, and some easy softball stuff. And then sometimes some people are uh, 
they wanted to really stick it to him and that last movie for bad movie night manos the hands of fate oh great and some people became really dickish and they made it you know in the middle of a seven move maybe uh maybe not seven some some of ran with seven films depends on how long they are uh one guy he had a five he did a five bad movies two softball movies followed immediately in the middle by manos the hands of fate Oh, wow. That's that's taking the baby and weaning them off of milk and straight on to bourbon. Woo! That's hardcore stuff. I'm pretty sure he didn't have any friends after that. But you never know. So yeah, it gained cult status almost ironically. <laughs> it became a great torture tool. But that's the way it goes. You never can tell what's going to become a cult classic, whether it's because it's so bad that it cannot be ignored, or it was forgotten because bigger films came out at the same time it was released. But people were really passionate about those films, and they kept its memory alive. What's Who's to say if you go out there and decide to make your own film? I have been threatening for years and years to write a movie script, write a treatment, and send it to Troma. If you don't know who Troma is, these guys, they do independent film. And they've made such uh, incredible films as uh, The Toxic Avenger, Hungry, Hungry, Hungan. <laughs> Poultry Geist. <laughs> Redneck Zombies. You get the picture. <laughs> uh, I have been threatening for years to write a, write a script or two and sending it to them just so they'd make it into some terrible film so I can have somewhere on my wall, I made this. <laughs> I made a bad film. See? I'm the writer. <laughs> you can blame me. I've been threatening that for years. And maybe I will one of these days. One day. <laughs> but could it become a cult classic? I don't know. Because speaking of trauma, um, the Toxic Avenger film, it's a cult classic. It had a release, but it's trauma film, so it didn't get a wide theatrical release. They, that's not what they're capable of doing. Or I, I don't know if it's maybe not incapable they're much more in line to the idea of independent films, so they don't go through traditional distributors. They are their own distributor. <coughs> Excuse me. Give me one second. But, uh, yeah, so it's a cult classic. It didn't get a wide theatrical release, and yet a lot of people got to hear about it over time. And it became a real popular film to watch. It's actually not a bad film. It's goofy. It's low budget, clearly. It's trauma. But it's a decent film to watch. It really is. So, hell, it was good enough to get its own animated series at one point. <laughs> the Toxic Avengers. So, I mean, come on. It's, yeah, so, who knows? Maybe I'll write a film and it can become a cult classic. I doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could write anything that good or that bad to, re, 
especially the hungry the hung the oh god i can never get the name right because it's just so many h's in it the something hungry hungan <laughs> the humongous hungry hungan that's it <laughs> i got it i remembered it <laughs> oh you really need you if you guys don't know about Troma, you really need T-R-O-M-A. You must go and try out some of their films. It's an experience. It really is. <laughs> and one day, one day, the dream, the dream of me putting out a bad film through Troma. It's a dream. It's not a good dream, but it's mine. It's all mine. <laughs> One day, one day. Oh, I got off topic there. But yeah, you never quite know where cult classic films. Hell, Birdemic, which was done by The Asylum, I believe. It's a terrible, terrible film. That is absolute incompetence on celluloid. Every step of the way. It just is, and it gained a cult following. Why? Because it is the personification of cinematic incompetence at every level that it is staggering. It is staggering how incompetently made that film was. And because of that rampant incompetence, it is hilarious completely fails as a horror film it's so bad it's good i think that could be a real recipe for cult film status if you're a bad film if you're a bad film you better be really really so bad you're good you need to that's the direction you need to go you need to be so bad you're good so incompetent but no one but when you try to you can't manufacture it that's just it you can't manufacture a cult classic just like you can't really manufacture a film that's so bad it's good. Look at Sharknado. Sharknado was uh, not very well written. Uh, it was directed, I would say, semi-competently. Acting-wise, I mean, they, they had all of the same kinds of actors and actresses that you normally find within that particular stable of talent they're not they're not very good most most of the time and they were able to create a film that was funny to the for most for the most part you know it, it was riffable it was funny the problem was is that it didn't have the so bad it's good formula going for it and they saw that they had some success with this, with the first one. And so they began cranking out more. But now everyone on the cast and crew is in on the joke. And so it's it can no longer qualify it as so bad it's good. Now it's just sad. And that's why I refused. To, I refused. All, I have friends who, you know, insisted that I watch these films and, you know, review them for them. And I said, no, because it's a joke. It's the same knock-knock joke over. I've I think I've said this before, but I'll reiterate the, what I usually say about this thing. I have explained to a couple of guys who've asked me to talk about these damn films, and I say, I'm going to explain it to you this way. 
Sharknado is a knock-knock joke. Not a good knock-knock joke. A kind of ha-ha, kind of average knock-knock joke. Every subsequent Sharknado film that comes out is that same knock-knock joke. I don't want to hear the same fucking knock-knock joke four or five times, okay? (laughs) Once was more than enough. We're done. And that's kind of the problem with the Sharknado franchise, I guess you'd call it. It was good. It was kind of good once. And now they're just kind of beating you over the head with additional films. And it's like, look, you... I wouldn't even say you captured lightning in the bottle. You lucked out with the first one. You lucked out. And now you're trying to recapture the luck. And it's not happening. It's just not happening. So, no. I cannot say that any of the Sharknado films are ever going to be cult classics. Because you can't manufacture that kind of status for yourself. You can't... You can't actively make a film so bad it's good. It has to be organically made. Because if anyone has an idea that they're making it to be so bad it's good, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And you can't manufacture a cult classic. It's something that has to happen organically. And that's, that's something that I think really needs to be the big takeaway here is that these things have to be done organically. It has to fail so hard because you're so incompetent as a writer, as a director, as an actor. However, when it comes to being so bad, you're good. You also cannot manufacture a film to be a cult classic because in order for you to be a cult classic, you need to have one of two things occur. One, your film, it's a good film, but... It didn't hold up to scrutiny in a theatrical release or because, you know, a bigger film came out and took away all of your audience. And so you had a real sad turnout. Or your film was so bad that no one wanted to go see it in theaters. And then you have the divergence here. So you're a good film but didn't get the good fair shake in the theatrical releases. But you still have fans. Or you're so bad that you become so bad you're good. And people love to make fun of it. These things aren't manufactured. You can't manufacture something like this. It has to happen naturally. Anything else would be contrived. And people, as much as like a lot of people would like to say, people are dumb. The general audiences are dumb. They're not. People can really, they, people have pretty in, innately accurate bullshit detectors. They have blind spots, for sure, we all do. But they have this innate ability, uh, general audiences have this innate ability to detect bullshit. Which is why, when you look at this, like the Sharknado series, the first one, eh, I got some chuckles. The second one, okay, now you're pushing it. And they kept going, and their numbers reflected with each iteration. There's no fan fandom there. No one gives a shit. People have this innate bullshit detector. 
this is all contrived and they leave and they just drop it drop it like a like a hot rock so you can't really have these things contrived you have to have them appear to grow out of the circumstances because you made a good film it's just you were robbed or you made a shit shit film but people like to make fun of it you can't manufacture it that's really the the magic behind cult classic films because you can find great gems incredible gems of film of cinematography that are incredible absolutely incredible you look at legend it is cinematically beautiful it's very well done its story's a little simple but its visuals are impressive the story is functional and the action's fairly good the acting is quite good it's very good it just got robbed at the it just got robbed at the box office that's all and it's gone and gotten a, a following a fan base trolls 2 was rightly panned by everybody because it's a terrible film but there were people who saw potential in it not because it's a good horror film because it isn't they're making fun of it they're finding entertainment value in this terrible film so it gains a fan base to make fun of it cult classic status achieved so if you ever are sitting around and wondering about cult classics or thinking you know maybe I could make the next cult classic I would have to say uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up it's not something that you can create if you because no one really wants no filmmaker wants a cult make to, to make a cult classic because they know the implications of that it'll do terribly at the box office yeah sure you'll have a small fan base but that's just it you'll have a small fan base no one no real writer or director or producer wants their film to be the next cult classic they want it to be the next blockbuster they want to make a name for themselves they want to make a lot of money off of this stuff they want people to be just howling for more so they can have money to make sequels that's what studios producers directors writers that's what they want they want blockbusters when their film gets cult status oh i missed the mark or i was robbed i just had it, it was the, the, the studio's fault because they set the release date. It's, you know, it's this guy's fault because he released this incredible film that stole thunder from my film. So, yeah. But cult classics, they, there's many of them and for many reasons. I like them. There's a lot of there's a lot of great films out there to watch that are great films to watch. They just got, you know, a bad shake. You know, I they didn't get a broad enough release. Sometimes it is the studio's fault because they they don't have enough confidence in a film, and so they'll do a limited release, and they're not seeing the explosive numbers. 
Well, no, of course you're not going to see explosive numbers if you're only doing a limited release. If you're only going to release in a hundred theaters, yeah, your numbers are going to look like shit. No kidding you don't have the big numbers you're hoping for. But it happens. It just happens. Someone gets cold feet about the idea of a big, broad release and a uh, limited release that, that'll to limit risk. And sometimes it's because the studio is juggling, you know, four or five films at a time, and one of them's probably their big blockbuster that they're pinning their hopes on. And so your film gets kind of brushed aside in preference to the big one that they think will make them the big money. So, yeah, it's an imperfect world, but hey, now nowadays in the last few years, thanks to streaming services, to Netflix, to YouTube, uh, so on and so forth, with Amazon Prime, really, you can, if you have the will and the gumption, you can make your own film and have your own distribution network waiting for you and you don't have to worry about it you know maybe that will be the next way for the next series of cult classics to arise you could only find it on netflix uh, not netflix on youtube or on uh, amazon prime who knows sky's the limit at this point but i think i've uh, talked talked enough today about it so uh hey i'll see you guys uh next time.